0: Welcome to the Celtics Corner, hosted by Brian Asto. I'm joined by Billy Ray Mitchell with me today, recapping every Celtics game with an in-depth game and scheduling breakdowns, hot topics, you name it, we cover it, it related to Celtics basketball. I'm proud to announce Celtics Corner Podcast has joined the Section 5 Network, co-founded by Billy Ray himself. Billy, go into Section 5 a little bit for me and explain that to the audience.
1: Sure. No, I've been podcasting for going on five or six years now. I started out with a podcast with my buddy, Willie Hanson. It was called Hung Up. We covered uh, everything going on in sports, very much like first take related without the wild takes. And then uh, graduated on to doing Sons of Saturday, where I cover uh, Virginia Tech, uh, everything going on in the athletic department, in the community, and uh, the student body. And essentially what we want to do is we want to help other podcasts in the sports space, be able to um, get their message out, create a community, help each other, learn from each other. And that's essentially what we're doing. So we're really, really excited to have you on board. It's called Section 5 Network. Um, we're excited to have you on board.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. It's, it's an awesome experience. And I'm looking forward to what the future has in uh, in store for, for us. Um, before we start the podcast, though, I just wanted to Uh, Tell you guys, if you love Celtics Corner, if you want more Celtics Corner information, uh, go follow the socials at Celtics Corner underscore on my Twitter and Instagram. I post live game updates, post discussions just to interact with you guys and just have a fun time watching Celtics games together. Now, Celtics won their fifth game in a row, 109-98, versus the Brooklyn Nets on the road last night. Huge, huge win coming off of a back to back. You can't you can't be happier. You're losing. You have your second best player out of the mix, Jalen Brown, after putting up 41 points the other night. You needed you needed guys to step up. You needed defense, and that's exactly what the Celtics did. Now, you know, Kevin Durant out of the mix understood, not a full strength game for either side, but the Celtics still came out on top on the road versus one of their toughest opponents that they're going to have to deal with all season long. I mean, let's just take a look that the Nets are what two games behind the Celtics right now, they've and they've been hot. They've been hot. They were um, the last time the Nets saw the Celtics, the Celtics won one hundred three to ninety two, which I said in um, yesterday's podcast. Um, but they ended up going on a twelve twelve game winning streak, lost to the Bulls. They've been fourteen and one. They're going into this game so. It was a huge win for the Celtics to say, hey, you're not the team to beat. We're still the team to beat. We're still the favorites in the East, and no one's going to take that from us. Who do you think your uh, MVPs are of the, of the game, uh, Billy?
1: Well, I know who your MVP of the game is, and it's <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, UVA guy absolutely has done an amazing job, and I don't think enough credit has been given to this front office for making that happen. Um, probably one of the best signings from a need perspective. Mm-hmm and uh, just coming in and fitting right into what we wanted to do. Uh, But I'll let you go ahead and talk about the numbers. Yeah,
0: I I brought it up uh, last podcast. Malcolm Brogdon has been playing out of his mind lately. Uh, He came in with 16 points, five rebounds, shooting above 50% from the field. He continues to come off that bench aggressively and be a spark plug for the Celtics offense, especially in times needed most. For example, third quarter, Celtics were struggling a little bit like they always do, 10 points with four minutes left. Malcolm Brogdon, one of those guys that comes in and is the spark plug for them to just get them staying in front of the game, continuing to lead. It, it may not seem like enough, 16 points, five rebounds, but his offensive presence, you could tell he's starting to get more comfortable with this Celtics offense and the system that uh, Joe was running for for the Celtics. And I just, I can't, I can't uh, be grateful enough that Brad Stevens went out of his way and picked him up uh, this offseason because he's just what the Celtics needed. The Celtics have one of the best depths in the whole entire NBA, and having him coming off the bench is just a huge, huge, huge part, especially since Jalen Brown, second-best player, is out. You need guys like him to step up and fill in his role. Other players. Luke Cornett, give me a breakdown.
1: Luke Cornett, 11 points, five boards, one assist. He played big minutes, obviously, in replacement of Al Horford, who sat Mm -hmm. out. He played 17 minutes last night, finished five for five. He had a three-pointer, and to his surprise, (laughs) our surprise, everybody's surprise, he caught that lob and threw it down backwards, laughed his way all the way back (laughs) up the court. Uh, Luke Cornett, for the average NBA fan, especially now with – Rob back and a couple of the different lineups we're going to be able to throw out there. He's not just the guy who's going to be jumping and trying to you know, hide people's faces from the rims. Like He's going to play serious, important minutes in the second half of the season. Um, this was an opportunity for him to gain some trust from the coaching staff, get some meaningful minutes, and he played really, really, really well. So I expect to see some more of Luke Cornett. And then on the other side of that, Rob Williams – I thought this was funny. I'm a big Bill Simmons guy. Coincidentally, <laughs> Bill Simmons was talking on his podcast how teams really don't ever run sets for the bigs to get touches anymore. <clears throat> Celtics must have listened. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and they ran two or three plays for Rob extremely early, got him a few early touches, um, and they attacked the paint early and often. A couple of lobs early on in the game. And Time Lord, man, like, it's so easy to take him <clears throat> for granted, mm-hmm. but at his size... And what the Celtics ask him to do Mm -hmm. and coming off of injury as well, how active he is, how athletic he is, how much he throws his body around, which sometimes you're kind of freaking out because he (laughs) seems like he's made of glass, but I mean, he was awesome. He finished with eight points, five rebounds, one assist, and one block in 29 and a half minutes. So I got to shout out the bigs. I thought the bigs were great last night.
0: Yeah. And bringing up Rob Williams, I mean, again, eight points, five boards, one assist, one block not the biggest stat line, but the stats don't show everything. In this case, Rob Williams, when he's on the floor, this team turns into a mediocre defense all of a sudden to an elite defense right right there. I mean, the Celtics in this five-game winning streak have now become the number one defensive rating in the NBA. And, and it's all for the addition of Rob Williams. He's it's he's also came-
1: not only about what Rob Williams does for the Celtics. It's about what Rob Williams does to anybody else that's coming into the paint. If Rob Williams is on the court, they're thinking about, yo, there's a rim protector in here and maybe looking to make that extra pass or not go up as aggressive. Um, he's a game changer. He is an absolute, mm-hmm. absolute game changer.
0: And and it changes the whole mindset of like, like you said, it, of how team opponents that go up against the Celtics play, because like you mm-hmm. said, you got Rob down there. <laughs> I for sure as hell is not going to be driving down that paint trying to put up a layup on him. That's just, you know, that's that's monkey business. I like who would who would think of about doing something like that. And he's just always lurking. And um, he, you know, he's quick on the perimeter too. So you know when they try to space him out on the floor, so he doesn't hang down low, he could still he could still play the perimeter pretty well in that pick and roll situations. He does a good job. With guards and bigs. I mean, like you said, what answer do you have for Rob Williams? I mean, you know, you stay healthy. This team is dangerous. We're already the number one team, and he's just coming in, getting started this season. Only been back for a couple weeks now.
1: I got to say who didn't have an answer for uh, (laughs) Rob Williams or pretty much anybody is uh, I don't think anybody played a worse game last night than Ben Simmons. And look, I know he catches a lot of flack. I get it. I understand I understand he does a lot of things well. He's a good rebounder. He defends well. He's a good passer. But Ben Simmons, (laughs) you're the second best player on your team right now. You are on a max contract. You are playing in a big game, and your best player on your team is hurt. And you go out there, and you have zero points. You attempt three shots, and you shoot zero free throws. It has to be – I can't think of a – I cannot think of a Celtics player that would have frustrated me as much as Ben. Sim I'm not, I hate the nets and Ben Simmons frustrates me. Mm. Like I can't, I can't think of anybody who is that frustrating and his, his lack of kind of, I don't want to know. I don't want to say if it's understanding or whatever, but I mean, you cannot attempt three shots when you're, when you're in the situation that you're in and that's what happens. So, um, the non MVP award for me goes to, goes to Ben Simmons.
0: I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I, uh, I think when you're exactly when you're um second your first best player, you know, your number 1 KD is out, so you're you're you got to step up cuz it's KD Kyrie then you. And they picked you up for a reason with that James Harden trade for you to produce offense. Now, you did your job passing the ball around efficiently. I'm not going to I'm not going to knock him on that. But you got to score if if Kevin Durant's out, you got to step up. You gotta attack the rim. When he played for the Sixers before all of his confidence is lost, he was he he would sprint down that damn court and dunk the ball, and he was a fright train. He was a fright train. He he acted like he was Giannis on the court, and all given respect to him because he you know he was a hard guy to guard. You know, big bulky guy like that playing point guard so fast and agile like that. You know, I mean, he has he had all the talents, and now his his confidence. His head is the only thing that's wrong with his game. He can he can attack to the rim, and I'll bring it up at an exact point in the game last night. He had a he had the chance to get an easy layup, uh, on uh, down low. It was right there. It was a finger roll layup, easy. JV, uh, you know, high school layup, right there for him. He kicks it out down low. to T.J. Warren bounces off his leg, out of bounds. Celtics ball. Yep. Next play, Ben Simmons gets the rebound on the other side of the court, and he's like. Oh, I gotta get. I gotta do this. And I just, I just see that sense of urgency. Like, cause he knew he screwed up. He knew that that was an easy layup for him. And he's like, I should have shot that. I should have shot that. He's running. He does exactly what he used to do. He ran down the court, made a couple of moves, got in the open lane, attacked the rim, and he missed completely. He he missed completely. And you want to know why? Cause we got great defensive bigs like Luke Cornett or Rob Williams. But that again. Cannot go zero points if you're the second-best player on the Nets. That's unacceptable. I don't care if your stat line is 20 rebounds and 15 assists. I don't care. Put up two points, for God's sakes. Like, come on, man. So other than that, biggest takeaway here for me is for the Celtics, I think this is the best game we've seen from these three guards from the combination of Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and Derek White. 47 points combined from these three defensive mindset guards, 18 rebounds, and 13 assists. I don't think I've seen a better game between the three of these guys, and that's exactly what you need if you're the Boston Celtics. With Jalen Brown going to be out for the next one to two weeks, you need these three guys to step up and fill the role, and they did exactly that against the Brooklyn Nets, which is no walk in the park. Fortunately, they got some good, easy teams coming up next, so it wouldn't be a challenging difficult. But still, they stepped up, and that's what matters. And just to put the cherry on top, Jason Tatum kicking into Derek White at the end of the game to get that game-winning dagger to put them in the lead to make it too far of a stretch out for the Brooklyn Nets to come back. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think the takeaway for me, and you mentioned at the top of the podcast, I just would like to reiterate it, is the story is just as much... The Brooklyn Nets were missing Kevin Durant, as it is the Boston Celtics were missing Al Horford and Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown is a top five scorer in the NBA. We're going to talk Mm -hmm. about that in a little bit. Al Horford, best Puerto Rican to ever play basketball, (laughs) uh, and obviously a huge part of this team, obviously. But it's the connectivity. It's the chemistry. It Mm -hmm. is the unselfishness of this basketball team. And I want to point out one player who really kind of embodies that, and that guy's Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard is a guy at the beginning of the season, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Peyton Pritchard, he's not going to play anymore. He's going to sit on the bench all year. Mm-hmm. He's been called on plenty, but he saw his numbers go down this year. His his numbers shrunk five minutes per game, but with that, he's averaging one and a half more points a game, half a rebound more, and shooting 11% better from the field. Last night, he was a team high, plus 13, plus minus. He had nine points and three rebounds. Peyton Pritchard, you could argue at a bunch of different teams, he's maybe a starter at worst in the rotation, playing big minutes. Uh, he understands his role, he plays it really well, and uh, it's made a huge difference for us. And uh, that is everybody on this team understands the role, plays the role well. So hats off to him, and um, excited to see what we're able to do moving forward.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I agree. I agree with you there, um, Peyton Pritchard, and I think Joe. Yeah, a lot of credit has to go to Joe Missoula. As our new head coach, after what everything would happen with Ime Yudoka in the uh, offseason, uh, I think the Celtics picked up right where they left off after falling too short in the NBA Finals last year. And Joe did a really good job of keeping that system with the Celtics and and making it better. And he can read the game differently where if he sees an opportunity for a player like Peyton Pritchard great offensive tool coming off of the bench when he's needed. Joe Mazzulla knows his offense and his defense, and he knows the strengths and weaknesses against opponents. And he did exactly that last night, having Peyton Pritchard come in and being an offensive tool in the fourth quarter. He really, Peyton Pritchard, it's, it's, it's such a joy to watch him play basketball because a guy that doesn't get a lot of minutes, but when he does, he performs. He's efficient on the court, and that's huge. Just like guys like Luke Cornett that has been playing phenomenal in the past two games. Now, bringing up to uh, the, uh, the struggles of the Celtics that need to get improved on. I brought it up the, uh, the first podcast the other day. I'm going to bring it up again. Ten points for the Celtics with four minutes left in the third. Unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. You, you had a good start. You had a lead going into halftime. You know, it was a back and forth gritty game, but you need to come out of the third quarter with energy and keep that rhythm going. And they just look sloppy. They fell apart and, you know, they can't get a bucket for the life of them. But four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Who steps up? Malcolm Brogdon. Again, he hit two back to back threes and then it just picked up. He just picked up the offense from there with the rest of the team. Everyone fed off of that. And that's, again, why Malcolm Brogdon has become a huge, huge, huge part of this offense. And I cannot stress it enough. But that does not shy away from the fact that Celtics need to get their act together when going into the second half of basketball games. So moving forward, start of the game. We were talking about Robert Williams earlier and how he has a defensive presence on the court. Uh, Celtics have the number one defense. I brought this up in the NBA in their five-game winning streak after giving up 150 points to the Thunder last week. We're we're not going to talk about that game. That was a fluke. We'll move on. Celtics are the only team in the top six for both offensive and defensive rating in the league. That's huge. That just goes to show that this team, I mean, offensively, we know it's the best offensive uh, rating team of all time from what what the, the books show. But defensively, we're starting to pick up right where we left off from last year. We finished the year as the number one defense. The first half of the season, not so much. We we're missing guys like Rob Williams. But ever since he's came back, we we have spiked up the ratings for our defense, and that's huge. And another player that you don't think would be with a big defensive mindset when you got two guys like Marcus Smart or Rob Williams, but Derek White. Derek White leads all guards with forty-one blocks this season. He's first among guards, and he's top thirty in the league. Billy, does that surprise you, or do you find that uh, stat uh, expected?
1: No, I mean that's shocking to think that Derek White <laughs> is is on the top of any list that ha- that has to do with blocks is is shocking to me. And look, I think I think it's been great to see Derek White. Look, it's it's not a surprise. Derek White really struggled in the finals last year, um, and he's obviously put in a lot of work. So is Jalen Brown. We've seen a lot, a lot of players take kind of that next step and continue to improve. Jason Tatum improving again. He's improved every year he's been in the league. So um, yeah, I would say Derek White being uh being the number one shot blocker in the guard category is, is shocking.
0: He had a he had a good one last night too. Swatted the crap out of um ooh, can't remember his name. I think TJ Warren. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He wasn't allowing it. He was looking like Robert Williams in the paint out there. So but uh, in other news, uh, want to give us a breakdown on any Celtics news?
1: Yeah, three-point uh, nomination for the three-point competition All-Star Weekend for Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if he'll do it? Some people are against it, say that it messes you up. Some people are for it. What are what are your thoughts on that? I don't care, man. I mean, like, they do the same thing with the Home Run Derby. David mm-hmm. Wright competed in the Home Run Derby. I'm a mess man. <laughs> David Wright competed in the Home Run Derby, and then he struggled really uh, after that. But at the end of the day, man, like, I Think it's a pretty cool deal. I mean, I you know, if if this is what it's gonna be with the all-star game where nobody wants to do the dunk contest anymore, and now nobody's gonna want to do the three point contest anymore, let's yeah. just not do it. Cause then yeah. it'll be the pro bowl and then right. it'll be horrible and nobody wants that. So I, I'd like to see the NBA's best partake in the NBA's best competitions. So. I
0: think I think it's the players or would rather watch courtside with all their buddies and you know, than actually be the ones performing out there. I guess, you know, it's like, not
1: cool. it's, it's not cool. It's not cool to, to do, to do stuff anymore. I if, guess. Is it
0: really an all-star break if you're no. <laughs> out there competing? So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's kind of has some irony in it. Um, exactly. if you really think about it, anything Another the
1: one uh, that I have is Jalen Brown mm-hmm. entered the top five in scoring. He also entered the top 10 mm-hmm. in the MVP ladder, uh, joining Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum also sits second in the scoring uh, the scoring ladder behind mm-hmm. Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. uh, so that is what we have in other news. And then also the Bruins continue to play great hockey. They did lose yesterday, but um, TD Garden has been on fire all mm-hmm. winter long. So mm-hmm. we're looking to keep that rolling. Yep. Uh, turning the page before we preview the next game specifically. Here's every here are some of the highlightable games that we play coming up before the All Star break. Let's talk cupcakes. Okay, cupcake number one, we play Charlotte three times. Charlotte is winging it for Wembanyama. got to beat Charlotte. Detroit, we play Detroit twice. We play L.A. L.A. sucks and we hate L.A., so we got to beat L.A. Then we also play Orlando, who is a cupcake for everybody but the Boston Celtics. So if we can find a way to handle our cupcake, <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. And then in terms of tests, We do play Brooklyn again. We play Memphis. We play Toronto. We play Philadelphia. And we play Milwaukee. These are all before the All-Star break. And I will point out, do not forget, John Morant famously or not so famously said, the only team he is worried about in the NBA is the Boston Celtics. Nobody in the West. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the Mm -hmm. West. That'll be a game that everybody's going to be watching, excited about it. Um, But that is the outlook before All-Star game.
0: Yeah, and I and I'm like looking at um a couple of those teams. You got you got some tough ones in there, right? Don't get me wrong. And then you bring up the cupcakes. How, what do you think that what it, it, let's say All-Star break. What do you think the the record's going to look like? How many how, let me let me put it this way. How many how many more losses you think the Celtics get? before do you think the Celtics go have max. under 18 losses before all-star break they're sitting at 12 uh, right now
1: um, I'd like to keep it under like 17 mm-hmm. I, I'd go under if, if the over-under is 18 we have 12 right now I'll go under
0: if they can listen I I don't know about that Warriors game okay they're playing the Warriors um next Thursday and without a Jalen Brown I mean who knows I you know if you know if Al Horford's playing if everybody's playing but Jalen Brown they can they can pull out something because Steph Curry just came back from injury and he hasn't really been playing that well you know and then I'm looking at Raptors Magic Heat Knicks Lakers all so you got some test in there you got you got some test so like I agree with you I think I think um from here going forward before All Star break in in a month or so I think the Celtics need to keep their uh, losses under eighteen seventeen, and I think that'll be a win for the Celtics if they can do that. Um, but going into Saturday tomorrow, we have a cupcake team. We play the Charlotte Hornets back to back, actually Saturday and Monday in Charlotte on the road. Without a Jalen Brown, obviously, for at least the next week or two, gotta win both. Gotta both. win both. Those are those are easy, easy pick me up games. Those are games where okay this is a great opportunity for the Celtics to figure out how to operate without Jalen Brown. Okay. They were, they were short noticed uh, yesterday going into the Nets game after Jalen Brown picks up 41 points. And you know, he comes up with this injury. Joe says he's going to be out a week or two. That's fine. It could have been a lot worse. However, this is the opportunity. Okay. We're missing our second best player. How do you, how do you change that offense? How do you change the defense? And what adjustments will be made. And I'm looking forward to see what um, Joe has in plan. Uh, hopefully Tatum can get out of his struggles. He struggled uh, last night in that game, only shooting 20 points, ending his 25-point consecutive streak. Um, so I see this right now. Celtics are sitting minus seven going on the road. If everybody plays, I just don't see how they don't come up with a win here. This The Hornets are going into this game one in five. Are one in one in four, and the Celtics are on a five-game winning streak. Who do you who do you think pulls out?
1: Celtics got to get it done. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's bad. Charlotte has no interest in winning basketball games. Um, got to get it done.
0: Their last matchup, they beat them at home, one forty to one hundred five. If that says anything, <laughs>
1: it's a get-right game. It's two get-right games mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. So you know we're expecting. You know you want to toss some lineups out there. Go ahead, toss some lineups out there. But we have seen the Celtics lose their fair share to bad opponents so just show up handle business let's move on to the next uh, move on to the next game
0: yep well other than that though billy i think we are all set and ready to go for the game on saturday should be easy same thing on monday back to back wins um again i just want to say uh thank you for uh including me a part of section 5 network billy will be on this podcast Often in the future, he bleeds green and gold, just like me. So, um, we, you know, just a great opportunity that was given and, uh, just saying my, uh, send off here to you, Billy, uh, anything else you got to add before we close it?
1: No, nothing else. Excited about it, man. Love, uh, love what you're doing with the platform and excited to talk Celtics basketball the rest of the year.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And again, guys go follow the social medias at Celtics quarter underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I'd be posting live game updates every single game with in-game post and discussions until then. I will see you guys next Saturday, this, this upcoming Saturday after the game. <laughs>
1: Take care, everybody. Take
0: care.